My primary care doctor uh, gave us the gift of listening uh, not long ago. Um, I've not had a whole, whole lot of, uh, of moments where I felt prolonged anxiety just here and there, but, but, but one came when I had to choose between treatment options uh, because for my situation, it's either surgery or it's radiation. And so Sarah and I sat down with the doctor on the surgical side and, um, and I mean, it was so convincing that I just said right then, well, let's have surgery right now. I'm ready. And he said, you know, let's wait. I want you to go consult with my colleague on the radiation side. And I want you to be, uh, I want you to be fully informed. And uh, so we did. Uh, and, and they're colleagues. And so we sat down with the radiation oncologist. And after about a half hour, Sarah and I thought, let's have radiation right now. You know, I mean, I'm serious. I'm serious. We were just, and so, um, so that weekend uh, was really difficult because, you know, we were both convinced that either choice would be good, but we could only choose one, and that's what made it hard. So I met with my primary care physician, Sarah and I did, and um, I'll never forget what he said. Went to his office and. He said, you know, let me turn off the screen. Let me take off my stethoscope. Let me pull up a chair and look you in the eye and just listen. Um, and that was so meaningful. And then afterwards, afterwards he prayed for us. And, uh, and it was like the presence of Christ was in the room ministering to us and me. And after that appointment, I thought, you know, I want to talk about listening. Uh, we're in this series on words. We spent four weeks talking about how we need to talk, but we, in order to talk well, you must first listen well. So let's talk about listening. That's what I want to do this morning. Um, you know, God made your ears, um, they're amazing. Absolutely amazing. Here are some facts about human hearing. Uh, Emily Bunting, uh, who's part-time on our staff, she's in the Doctor of Audiology program at the university, and she helped me out with some of these facts. Listen, the ear, the human ear, is developed in utero by 18 weeks, and babies can distinguish between their mom and dad's voices by five months gestation. That's amazing. Uh, your eardrum, your eardrum has the flexibility to register a, uh, the drop of a straight pin as well as the noise of a New York subway train, which is a hundred trillion times louder. And if it were more sensitive, we would hear movement of air molecules as constant whooshing sound. And some people are afflicted with this, uh, with disastrous hallucinogenic effects. And then once the sound passes through the eardrum, the sound gets transferred through the only three bones in your body that do not grow with age. Do you know that? The hammer the anvil, and the stirrup. They're the smallest, most amazing bones in your body. And whatever your age is now, they are the same size as they were when you were a day old. 
and they can fit on the face of a dime. The the human ear can distinguish some 300,000 tones. And every distinct sound has a signature, which is why you can tell the difference between the, the, you know, the annoying buzz of a fly in your office to the rumble of a lawnmower a block away. And then have you ever had a song stuck in your head? Right? I mean, that's your ear and your brain working. You're not hearing it, but yet you're hearing it, right? Your brain has the ability to hear this song over and over again. I got the song in my head. And it, it even affects you. Just the memory of it affects you. Um, And then uh, something which I was most grateful to hear from Emily because I've been accused of it. um, Selective hearing (laughs) is real. (laughs) So our brain actively prioritizes auditory information and that information that's interesting to us, <laughs> and, then, and then information that we're, is not interesting, we ignore it. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and, you know, we don't want to hear it because, you know. So, so, and it's all because of these hair cells that are, that are in our inner ear. So my selective listening is because of the hair in my ear. So that's why. I mean, the human hearing is fascinating. Yeah. Uh. But there's a vast difference between hearing and listening. And Jesus taught that just as it's possible for someone with physical sight to be blind spiritually, relationally, so too it is also true that someone with perfect hearing capacity can be spiritually and relationally deaf. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to to challenge us toward better listening. I want to awaken the listening in our hearts. And so here's how we're going to do it. We're going to look at a proverb what Proverbs has to say. And then after we look at this challenging proverb, um, I want us to consider some pictures regarding the ministry of listening. Listening is a ministry, a service. And there are pictures that encompass this spiritual service. And then we'll have some practical ways. I'm going to be very practical this morning as to improving our listening. So Proverbs, pictures, and some practical ways. That's where we're going. And, and all to this end, when you listen, and I mean truly listen, you display the very life of Christ. When you listen, when you truly listen, you display the very life of Christ. And, and church family, I need this message more than anybody else in this room. I truly do. I need, I need to preach myself here. So, so um, feel free to eavesdrop for anything helpful in your life. You see, you will never grow spiritually by talking. You only grow by listening. And if 
spiritual growth came by talking, then Americans would be the most mature Christians on the planet. But spiritual growth comes by listening, which is why Deuteronomy 6.4 says, Hear, O Israel! Which is why Revelation chapters 2 and 3 say, He who has an ear, let him hear. Which is why our Lord said in Luke 8.18, Take care then how you hear. For to truly listen is to truly display Christ. So let's consider this proverb that I want to mention to you. It's Proverbs 18, 12 to 13. It's up on the screen, and I'd like for us to read it together. One, two, three. Here we go. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Again, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Well, that's pretty much in your face, isn't it? Proverbs says that when we speak without listening, we look stupid and we embarrass ourselves. Isn't that what we just read? When we speak without listening, we look stupid and we embarrass ourselves. Let's just break that verse 13 in half. If one gives an answer before he hears, who is this? This is the person who interrupts others. This is the person who speaks impulsively. This is the person who really does not listen and really does not reflect on what the other has said. This person just blurts out whatever comes to his empty mind and whatever comes out is unintelligent. Such as, well, I know how you feel that happened to me once. Well, no, you don't, because you're not me. You may know how you might feel in a similar situation, but we're different. Now, I can feel with you, but I don't know how you feel because I'm not you. This proverb stings because it brings to mind the many times that I cut people off before they're finished what they have to say and that's arrogant and that's rude and it shows that what's on my mind is more important than what's on your mind and it brings destruction it brings the destruction of the relationship it brings the destruction of influence that I might have on that person's life and that's why verse 12 says before destruction a man's heart is haughty So relationally, deaf ears stem from a haughty, proud, arrogant heart. But humility comes before honor. Because humility doesn't presume that it knows exactly what you're going to ask until you're done asking. Because often it's the last word in the sentence that turns the whole meaning around and makes you realize that they're not saying what you thought they were saying. And so careful listening shows respect to the other person. Careful listening shows that you value their words, that you value them. Careful listening shows that you understand that one question can have layers beneath. Multiple questions often exist in the one question they ask. But you don't know that if you interrupt. And so the end of verse 13 says, to answer, 
before another person is, is, is done speaking, it is to his folly and shame. In other words, it makes us fools. And when someone answers prematurely, it's because he thinks he knows all he needs to know. Well, that's foolish. Our mindset should be one of curiosity. You know, what can I learn about this question? One commentator put it this way. Fools babble all sorts of things that get them into trouble and earn them the reputation of being stupid. And in this way, they are humiliated. And that comes to the word shame in verse 13. It is, our, it is to our shame when we answer before we've heard entirely what the other person has to say. So let's say after services, we're in the fireside room. And you came up to me and you said, Randy, my spouse and I, we've had serious problems and we were wondering. And then I cut you off. And I start giving you answers about well, how important counseling is and here's what books I'd recommend and here's what counselors I'd refer you to and uh, oh yes, you need to check out this marriage enrichment weekend and now let me pray for you. But then you say, well, actually what I was going to say was my spouse and I have had serious problems and we were wondering... Now that our counseling is over and things are better than ever, <laughs> how would you suggest we celebrate? See? And, and that'll be the last time they spend time in the fireside room with Pastor Stupid. Okay? Because not listening is to our folly and shame. That makes sense? Okay. So let's move on to some pictures because you see, you know, when you listen, when you truly listen, you display the life of Christ. And, and so, and Jesus displayed pictures of that. And I'm thinking of uh, three words that, which depicts these pictures, gift, hospitality, and healing. Let's talk about each of these pictures. Listening is a gift. A gift that we give. Listening, listening says, I get you. L listening says, I value you. Listening says, I, I value what's in your heart. I want to know you. I'm interested in you. I take you seriously. I, I, I understand you. I, I want to understand you. Okay? What a gift that is. And Here's what's so significant about that. Whoever gets the person best wins the person. And if you win the person, you get the opportunity to influence and impact that person for the Lord. You know, if I, if I believe that you understand me and you get me and you value that and you respect that, well, then I'm... I'm going to be open to taking direction from you. I'm going to trust you. And it started not because you tried to fix me, but because you entered my world. And you became curious. And you were able to draw out my heart. And that describes not the foolish person, but the wise person. 
Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Hmm. Listening is a gift. And then listening is also an act of hospitality. Listening is hospitality. Listening says, I'm safe. I'm, are you a safe person? Are you a safe person? Listen, when someone doesn't talk to you, it's because that person has stopped expecting you to listen. And when one person asks, what are you thinking? And the other person says, oh, nothing. It's not because nothing is on his mind. It's because, at least for whatever reason, in his mind, he does not trust that the other person is either A, really interested or B, able to keep confidentiality, or C, tolerant enough to hear what's really on their minds. Hmm. Listening as hospitality says, you know, I'm creating safety for you to share. And, and hospitality is so much like you know, sharing a meal together And so if I don't know you and we share a meal together, I'm going to bring out my paper plates. Okay? Because I, you know, I don't know you. Because if something happens, well, it's paper. Right? I can get another. But if we get to know each other a little bit better, then I might bring out the Tupperware. Okay, so if you come over to my house and I give you Tupperware, that means we're, you know, we're getting there. <laughs> because, you know, Tupperware, if you drop it, it's going to bounce. And it'll be okay. It can take a few scratches and all that. But listen, everybody in this room here, everybody in this room here, in the closet of their hearts, everyone has some fine china. And I don't know if I know you well enough to risk you dropping my fine china because it's fine china. I don't care what you do with my paper plate, but that's my fine china. And so do I trust you and are you safe enough to be able to handle the fine china of my heart? Well, listening creates that safe space where it's okay to share. And I know you're going to be very careful with what's fragile. I think that's what's behind Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 where Paul says, bear one another's burdens. Huh? So, 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 
carefully hold one another's fine china and so fulfill the law of Christ. What does that phrase mean? The law of Christ is simply another word for love. Love. Loving like Christ. Listening is loving like Christ and displaying Christ and displaying the love of Christ. Listening as hospitality. Listening as gift. Listening as hospitality. And listening as healing. Healing. So healing is about creating room for others who have suffered to tell their story and to have someone selflessly listen. Healing is about trying to understand the other person's point of view. A psychologist once said, for some strange reason, human beings tolerate stress and pressure much more easily if at least one other person knows they are enduring it. But in order to listen so that healing can happen, that requires the listener to be selfless. And to be selfless means that I make it about you. And and I therefore suspend my self-interest. And to suspend my self-desire to give you advice. And to resist scratching the itch to express myself and instead just simply exist for you. And it's, it's, it's really hard because, you know, you said something that triggers a thought in my head because after all, I have things on my mind too. But listening well requires restraint. Restraint from disagreeing. Restraint from giving advice. Restraint from talking about your experience. You need to be silent. You need to be unselfish. You need to listen without being in such a hurry to take over. To listen well, you have to be able to let go of what's on your mind so that you can hear what's on their mind. And that leads us to some practical application points. And here are some for us. First is this. Listen to affirm and validate, not minimize or fix. Affirm and validate, not minimize or fix. So so let's say you have a friend that says, God's punishing me because I've been a terrible husband. Now, if you say... Well, I'm sure you haven't been as bad as you think. Or, well, have you tried to do this or that? Well, I mean, the listener who says these things has unwittingly invalidated the other person or or minimized what the other person said. Basically, the listener has said, well, I don't want to hear about the affair you had 10 years ago. And you didn't even know he had one. But... When try because you tried to fix it or because you tried to you know invalidate it by saying oh it's not that bad you unwittingly closed the door. So instead, and I, I want you to write these three words now. Here we are. Tell me more. Tell me more. So get curious. Get curious. Tell me more. Someone says God's punishing me because I've been a terrible husband. Well, tell me more. It sounds like you're feeling guilty. Or it sounds like you have regrets. Or it sounds like you're feeling afraid. 
Tell me more. Let's say someone starts ranting about the government. (sighs) Start ranting about a political party, ranting about a politician. So listening with a kingdom perspective will lead a wise Christian to display hospitality, to become safe, okay? To say, tell me more. Tell me more. It it sounds like you have some concerns about the direction of our country. Tell me more. No, I really want to know. Tell me more. Tell me about, I want to hear what's on your heart. Figure out what the person is feeling and then say it in a way that invites that person to elaborate. And you cannot do that online. You need to meet face to face with that person because that person's heart, you can't see the nonverbals online. Someone starts talking with you and you're listening and you notice that this, you know, when they're speaking, there's strawberry blotches around their neck. That's a nonverbal. Do you notice that? Or, or when they're visiting with you, you're talking with you, you notice they keep looking off to the side. Well, are you noticing that? <clears throat> it doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. It just means that that person matters to you. And their heart is valuable to you. And you want to be a wise person of understanding that draws out what's in their heart. And then when you've truly listened, truly listened, then then you, you can say things like this. Let me tell you what it was like to be with you now. Let me, let me tell you what was hard about that. See? I mean, just say it in that way. Let me tell you what is a delight about being with you. And let's pray together about these things. Got to get beneath the surface because questions and statements and words have layers and a person of understanding will draw out of the deep waters of another's heart well there's a second just practical application and it's this Sometimes you have to ask others to just listen. Right? And here's what I mean by that. And you say it this way. I'm upset right now and I need to talk. Are you able to simply listen? Or I have a problem and I need to discuss this but I'm not ready to decide what to do. It would be helpful if you could just listen. 
or I'm not asking you to agree with me, but can you understand where I'm coming from? Or I want to tell you something, and, and, but I'm afraid you're going to get mad at me, and I don't want you to get mad at me. Can you just listen to what I'm saying? See? You just have to ask someone if they will listen to you. And then by way of the third practical application, sometimes it's okay to say, I'm so sorry, but I am unable to listen to you right now. I just worked a, you know, a double shift and I, I'm, I feel exhausted. Or, you know, I just had a very intensive conversation before I left work and I just need to rest for about a half hour or 45 minutes. Right? See, everybody has capacity. You have a plate and your plate is only so big. And, and to say that up front is to acknowledge your limited resources. And it's better to say that and then be all there when you meet than you know, to, to, in a grudging sort of way, be there halfway impatiently. So sometimes it's okay to say, I, I can't really listen to you right now. But then when you say that, then let the person know when you can. You know, can we, can we talk in an hour or can we talk? You know, I just need, I need to sleep. I need to sleep, please. Can we talk in an hour? And then, and then keep that appointment, Okay. Three practical applications. Um, And I'd like to add one footnote to these three. Uh, The footnote wasn't there Friday, but I got to thinking, all right, in a message like this, it's very likely that someone will say, oh, man, I wish so-and-so were here. They need to hear this. They need to hear this. I don't need to hear this, but they need to hear this, you know? So, so you know, so here's how to talk to a talkative person, all right? And uh, here it is, four steps, all right? Number one. Um, I have heard you and I have heard you say okay so I've, I've heard you and I've heard you say and, and here's where you communicate loving concern just various aspects of sympathetic listening and understanding okay I've heard you and I've heard you say this and then you let them know what you heard and then after you say that number two is have I understood you correctly have I understood you correctly? And, and at this point, you can stand corrected. And, and partial understandings can be supplemented by maybe what you previously didn't know or context that needs to be filled in. So, so I've heard you. I've heard you say this. Have, you under, have I understood you correctly? And, and if they say yes, then, then you say, now God says we change by listening, not by talking. And, and, you know, many talkative, incessant talkers, they're just too busy to really think about things. They just talk. 
and that they think talking makes them feel better or, or they just assume that talking will just solve things in some undefinable way, here's a chance for you to display kingdom perspective. Randy, God says that we change by listening, not by talking. How radical is that? And those who listen begin to change the way they talk, and then they learn to say things worth listening to. James 1.19 tells us this. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Right? Now then, after that, ask this question. Would you like to hear an honest, constructive response to what you've said? It's a yes-no question. And invite the person to listen. And if they say no, well, then you're kind of done, right? But if you've made it that far, they're probably going to say yes. And that's your opportunity to speak the truth in love. And you can say something like this. You know, in that, in that conversation, I found you talkative. Okay? And notice I said in that conversation. That's a far different thing than saying, you always talk. That's keep the drama on television, all right? In that conversation, I found you talkative and, and invite, see, to invite listening and speak the truth in love. To invite listening is to invite an authentic relationship instead of a perpetual monologue. And some, some people will say no. Most will say yes. Because Christians are, by definition, people with ears to hear. And if you've gotten this far, chances are, you know, the conversation has boundless possibilities for fruitfulness. And, and Christ will be there for to listen is to display the life of Christ. So what if we were a church committed to giving freely the gift of listening to each other what a gift that says i love you i value you i get you i cherish you what if what if we were a congregation of hospitable listening a congregation that says no really your fine china is safe with us and what if we were a congregation where healing could take place and where we could listen without judgment and where we could confess the darkness in our hearts toward one another and, and, and truly ask for prayer. Isn't that what James is urging us toward in James 5, 16? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And, and what if guests who came to this congregation left sensing, I've had a remarkable experience with this congregation. It's as if I have been in the presence of Christ they showed me Jesus that is the path to relentless unity is it not church family 
So here's what we're going to do right now. We're about ready to pray together a congregational prayer. But before we do that, I want to leave you with these questions. Who needs to be listened to in your life today? Who needs a gift from you? Who needs hospitality from you? Who needs healing from you? Who needs to see Jesus through your listening today? With that, let us pray together this congregational prayer. Here we go. Gracious God, in Christ you call us to unity of mind and purpose. We confess that our hearts are often turned toward separation and division. We quarrel. We encourage rivalries. We tear down our brothers and sisters in faith. Help us to remember that in Christ we are one. Teach us to offer the gift of listening. Teach us to offer hospitality by the way we hear. Teach us to heal others by receiving without judgment the burdens of their hearts. Teach us to hear your word so that we might speak your word to bring glory to your Son. We pray this so that as one body the world may know. In Jesus' name, the church said, Amen.